Hello and a warm welcome. I'm Armin Trost, professor at the Furtwangen University in Germany. And this is my series on human resources strategies, a real master course for advanced HR students, professionals and executives. This series is available on YouTube and on all podcatchers like iTunes or Spotify. All slides that support this series are available on my website. For more information, please read the description to this YouTube or podcast. I'd also like to refer to my book, Human Resources Strategies, available at most online bookstores. So, again, thanks for listening Have fun and gain valuable insights into the fascinating world of HR strategies. So, welcome everybody. Today I would like to close our chapter about compensation and remuneration with a probably most fascinating puzzle in strategic human resource management. And it's uh, about how to compensate high performers in teams, right? Uh, I think the compensation of low performers, that's not the point here. Uh, it's particularly about high performers. And, you know, in the past few months and years, I've seen many organizations that have abolished their pay-for-performance system. They have abolished individual objectives, for certain reasons, which I will highlight in this episode. And it's really that we're talking about a puzzle which is, to a large extent, unsolved. And if you have understood this puzzle, then you have understood a lot about compensation. So let me start talking about the context we're talking here. And we must assume there is a team that is faced with a high level of task uncertainty, I mean, they do not know the outcome of their work. They don't know the way to get there. And they work in teams, of course. They, they should. They better should. In complex situations, people should work in teams because more brains have better ideas, more ideas, more relevant ideas than a few brains. So the employees depend on each other. Uh, they, they work as a team, of course, and, and, and they only can succeed all together, right? Uh, A single employee can only succeed when the system as a whole is successful. And in those cases, very often we have supervisors, managers who act more in the role of coach or partner or enabler than in the role of boss, right? Um, because the people have more expertise in what they do than the manager. Uh, the manager has not the role to tell everybody what to do. I mean, even the manager does not know the outcome, does not know the way to get there. So they very often take different roles on that. And the important part here is that coaches, partners, and enablers, they, they, they don't judge. They, they formally don't judge. That, that's an important point here. And let me add one thing here. Sometimes in teams, it's the case that the people are very hard to be replaced. Uh, you really depend on these people, yeah. Rather than the people depend on you, they they could work elsewhere. They could leave the team and find attractive jobs elsewhere. So it, it's really important that you retain the people, that the people feel attracted, 
right? So, so this is the context we're talking about, and all these different dimensions that I've picked out here uh, should not be new to you. I have explained these different context dimensions in an earlier episode about the structural and cultural context. So now let me guide you step-by-step step through the problem we are talking about here. As I just said, complex tasks with high level of uncertainty require collaboration of diverse teams. Okay, just th said this. The other thing is, as I said, in those cases, managers better act as partners, coach or enabler. They won't judge. Now, here's another thing. Um, even in teams, there might be high performers who play a critical role within their entire team. Um, this is something that is sometimes challenged. I mean, some people say, no, there is not such thing like, like individual performance because there is only team performance. Um, and you should not differentiate here. And um, yes, I understand this point, and I will come to this point later after I have outlined the problem as a whole. I mean, we can look at these things differently. Um, I mean, one idea here that comes into play is what we name the Price's Law. The Price's Law uh, goes back to, uh, to, uh, to a scientist who made a simple analysis. He, he looked at all his... Um, Uh, his students, um, doctoral students, I suppose, and, and he looked at how many articles did they publish. Yeah. So he found out that a few of those students have published a lot, while many others have just published one article. Right? So, so he looked at the amount of articles that have been published by the students, and he found out that the square root of All the students have produced half of the total output, right? So, so this is something that, that we all always find when it comes to creativity in, in all social settings, that a few people are responsible for the, for the totality of relevant creativity. A few produce a lot, yeah? And, and, and you know... I mean, we, we cannot generalize this idea to every team because, I mean, in this particular case, uh, that was something that we name uh, additive tasks. So the people worked independently. Every student produced his or her own article independent from the others. So that was not real team setting, really. Um, so, so whether or not we can generalize this, this, this law really depends on the nature of the task and the nature of the social setting, of course, okay? But there is still this idea that I would take home that, that I want you to take home that, that maybe even, even in a team there is a differentiation of individual performance. You could also say uh, every team has, has its own Messi, Lionel Messi, or its own uh, Ronaldo, Right, a superstar. Uh, take this one person out of the team, and the whole team will suffer. Take another person out of the team, and 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 the team will not suffer so much. Um, we, we we always have this, uh, I, I suppose. So so I mean that's that at least is 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 a look at it. And um, when we look at the prices law. Uh, There is something that comes into play which, which is, might be relevant here. It's what we call the Matthew Principle. The Matthew Principle 
uh, goes back to the evangelist, yeah, one of the four uh, named Matthew, and he, he wrote this uh, famous quote, uh, for to everyone who has will more be given, but from him who has not will be taken away. Right? This is a very important principle. Those who have a lot will get even more, and those who have not so much will get even less. I mean, it's it's like I mean, if you if you use uh, uh, Instagram or something like this, or if you are on YouTube, as I am, <laughs> as you see, uh, uh, the more followers you have, and the more subscribers you have, the, the more you will get in the future, and the less subscribers or followers you have, uh, the harder it is to get some more. So, the those who are already successful will become even more successful for some reason. And that might also apply uh, within organization that those people who are already successful will receive more opportunities, will see more open doors, will get even more support, will have even more, more exposure, have better networks, growing networks. And those who are not performing well, they, they do hard to get even uh, a bit better. Okay? So, so this is the idea that maybe even in teams the contribution is not equally shared. Even though there is an overall team output, uh, there might be some, let's say, superstars um, that, that are essential. So now there is the idea that if you have superstars, <laughs> keep to this term, uh, if you have superstars in your team, you, you might think about treating these particular employees differently. Right? So I'm saying, okay, in, in the team of 12 people, there are two people who are extremely performant, and I want that these two people earn more money than the others. But once you do this, right? once, you, once you treat people differently, whenever you, whenever you pick a few out and say, okay, you are the superstars and you get more money, then maybe all the others also want to become a superstar. And, and what you create then is something like, like competition. Something like this might turn colleagues into competitors. And this is exactly what you don't want. You, you, want, you want people who collaborate. And, and, and that's the, 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 the major reason why so many companies have abolished their, their individual objective uh, setting or, or uh, their individual pay for performance because they said, it's not the individual, it's the team. And we do not want to differentiate, right? Uh, we, we want that the people collaborate. That's what we want. We, the last thing is that the people compete against each other. But, you know, if, if, if the slots for the stars are just few, if they are rare, the people might start to, to, um, to compete. So, so here is a, a fundamental, a fundamental uh, strategic decision that you're supposed to make whenever it comes to compensation systems. And here we are talking about pay differences. Do you want to have pay differences? Well, this is not about uh, differences in performance. This is about the pay differences. And, you know, pay differences is something that we always had considered also in economy, um, where, where we looked, okay, how, is, uh, how, is the, how are the earnings uh, of different households or different people uh, uh, distributed? But also inside a company, you can look at the distribution of, of different salary levels, right? And, and there is, of course, some statistics that you, 
we're not 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 required to understand right now but but there is there there is the idea that you sort all the employees along an axis right can you imagine this you have 100 employees and you start with the one who earns the 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 the, the, the least so the poorest employee so to speak and then comes Uh, the next employee who earns a little bit more and, and, and you sort all the employees and then the right end, so to speak, there is the employee with the with highest with the highest salary. Yeah, you can imagine this. You put all the employees in a row from the poorest to the richest. And on the other X, you just, you just um, indicate the, the accumulated salary. Yeah? So you start with the first one, the first salary, You st then comes the next one and you add the salary of the first plus the second and then comes the third one then you have the salary of the first the second and the third uh, all summarized and when when you when you come to the 100th employee then you have 100% of all the salary and now this curve this curve might be uh, in a way that It's very flat in the beginning, very flat, flat, flat. Uh, many people are not so much. And in the end, it becomes very steep. That would indicate that there are just a few employees who earn like hell. Yeah. So, so when the curve is really flat and then gets steeper in the end, yeah, that means that you have a tremendous pay difference. And if and if the if the curve is closer to the uh, to the to the, the diagonal uh, uh, line, um, if it's uh, if there is not this 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 uh, first flattening and then uh, getting more steeper, but it's more continuous from the low left hand corner to the right up corner, then you have an equal distribution. And there is something that's the Lorentz curve, by the way, and and there is also this concept of the Gini coefficient, who exactly tells to what extent pay difference is there, to what extent there is a equal or unequal distribution of of uh, the salaries. So it, for those who listen in a podcast, that was that required a lot of imagination. I know, but the point is really. Um, the strategic decision here is whether we really want to have a high level of differentiation in your organization. Yeah? Uh, if you have a high level of differentiation, meaning a few earn a lot, then that might lead to some aspiration of the people to move to the top. Right? They, they know the, 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 the more you are on the top, the, the richer you get. While, while um, when 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 the when the when the salaries are more equal, then the message would be, uh, we are all the same. Yeah, we are all the same. So we could also refer to to what I earlier referred to the the reverse pyramid. If you have a reverse pyramid telling all employees are the real heroes, they are the stars, then probably you have more uh, an equal distribution. Uh, of salary, but if you say no, no, we are not equal. Uh, 
the higher you are on the top, the more important you are, then probably just a few earn much. And that's really, as I said, it's, 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 it's a fundamental uh, differentiation in your organization. What is the mindset when it comes to remuneration in your organization? To translate this into a strategic statement, it would say, one side, employees on upper salary level must earn significantly more than employees on lower salary levels. Yeah? This creates incentives for development and more responsibility and make them possible. Right? It's a reasonable idea. But on the other hand, there might there is this other strategic statement and that relates to the uh, opposite mindset, saying we aim to keep the differences in base pay between upper and lower pay levels as small as possible. This, this reflects our appreciation of our employees. Uh, to put it more exactly, the appreciation of all employees. Okay, so this is about differentiation. Now let's 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 get one step further. Um, let's assume you do not treat your employees differently. Let's assume that you do not compensate your high performers higher. Let's assume you have exactly this strategy saying we treat all employees equally and also the team members in various teams, we treat them equally. Yeah? You, 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 might, you might run into the risk of treating high performers not in a fair manner. Yeah? Because if you treat everybody the same, those who perform more than all the others, they will think, okay, why should I, why should I perform on, the, on this level while all the others earn the same? And while those who, who earn less, who, are, who do not perform much, they feel treated fairly. Huh? It, it's, it, it, they, will not be, they will not even be motivated. Yeah? But those who contribute much, who perform, perform on a high level, but don't see a higher uh, salary level, uh, don't see more money in their pockets, they probably feel demotivated. So once high performers feel treated unfairly, they tend to either leave the team or reduce the individual performance. Right? They will they will they will learn that performance does not pay off and they will might go down. Yeah. That could that could happen. That could happen. Yeah. You set their intrinsic motivation on risk. Right? So so we also name this in social psychology the sucker effect. Yeah, the sucker effect. It's the effect that appears when somebody feels that uh, outstanding performance does not pay off. And another social psychological uh, concept here is what we name social comparison. I mean, the people compare. What do I contribute? What do the other contribute? What do I receive? What do the others receive? There's a social comparison process. And as I said, I mean, if, if high performance feel being treated unfairly, they might leave or reduce the performance. That even could happen that if you don't differentiate based on performance, that you are no more able to attract high performers. Because high performers, those who have a high level of what we name self-efficacy, Those people who feel that they really can perform on a high level, they also want to see that it will pay off. And they 
might not join a team or might not be attracted by your company once they learn that high performance um, will not pay off. You even, you even might face the risk that you attract low performers. Those who say, oh, I, I earn as much as all the others independent from my performance. Mm, that's pretty cool. I can chill a bit. Yeah, so th th that could happen. That really could happen, right? Um, but now here's the problem. Here's the problem, yeah? If you, if you treat people the same, even the high performers, you might lose them. Right, you might not attract them, as I said. Yeah, so you might better you might better differentiate a bit, yeah, and say, okay, high performers might should earn more, right? Which in turn might kill uh, teamwork, yeah, turning colleagues into competitors. But what that also requires, once you treat people differently, is you need something like a formal judgment, right? I mean, you have to judge. When you have a team of 12 people and you say, okay, uh, I don't want to treat the people uh, the same. I really want to reward the high performers. You have to make a decision who the high performers are and who is supposed to do that. Is that the supervisor? Oh, better not. Because as we have seen in the context, the supervisors, they don't want to judge. So, you know, that's the problem. That, that's the problem. So, to summarize it, uh, we could say treating team players differently might be a mistake. But not doing so might be a mistake too. Now, what's the solution? It, you know, this problem is real. This problem is damn real. <laughs> yeah? So, and it, it, it all comes down... It all comes down to uh, one fundamental strategic decision that you have to make in your organization whenever it comes to compensation. It's not a financial thing here. It's a, it's a psychological thing here. And, and one strategic statement goes like this. This is about equality. There is no such thing like individual performance. There is team performance only. That's why we do not differentiate between team members with regards to their individual level of compensation. And the other statement goes like this. It goes more towards differentiation, saying even teams depend on the performance of one or a few high performers within the team. We have to compensate these high performers differently in order not to demotivate and to attract and to retain them. Okay, that sounds different. Right? <laughs> and here's the dilemma. And as I always say, strategic statements are good when us, always the opposite also would make sense. And in this case, you see it again, both statements make sense. Really, that makes sense. And it's a dilemma. It's a real dilemma. There is, there is no solution. There is no solution. You cannot do both. And really, I, I just remember a meeting I had, uh, it was actually was a, was a dinner I had with one of the uh, most famous compensation consultant here in Europe. Uh, we had a dinner. Uh, he, he's so experienced. He, 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 he gives advice to a large corporation about compensation system. And we were puzzling about this problem for, I guess, two or three hours. He's really an expert on this. Uh, we, 
What was the conclusion? The conclusion there is that there is no there is no solution. There is no solution. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You can you can always flip from one side to another, and when you are on one side, you see the disadvantages and advantages of one side, and then you flip to the other, and then you you get the opposite. Okay. So, but still, I don't want to leave you alone with just saying that there is no solution. Of course, there are some ideas. There are some ideas how you can overcome this solution, and one idea is that you 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 in fact you don't use variable pay. Yeah. To, to get rid of it, but but to manage performance differences based on base pay, yeah, saying okay, pay employees fairly and according to market base pay, but then try to get money out of their mind, saying okay, if you are a high performer and you really have proved that you are a high performer, let's increase the base pay. You simply should earn more, right? And um, also there is the idea that. You must not always think about uh, financial rewards. You might also think about different non-financial rewards. Think about privileges. Privileges. Give people more privileges, uh, more freedom, whatever that, whatever that might be. Give them exposure. Yeah? Celebrate these people, maybe. So there might be some ideas how you reward people without... Uh, but not by financial means. And another idea is something that uh, I was talking about when we were talking about base pay. Uh, the idea is not to differentiate between different pay grades too much. Right? Saying, okay, we just have a few pay grades, broad pay grades, yeah? broad pay bands. This is what we name broad bending. I don't want to go too deep into this because I have was talking about in the episode about base pay. If you do this, if you have broad salary bands, you really avoid continuous, endless negotiation. It's a good way to keep money out of the people's mind. Make sure that the compensation policy is transparent. Yeah, The people, you don't want to have rumors You don't want to have secrets. That drives the people crazy. Once people think, hmm, does my colleague really earn more or not? Yeah, so, but it, it's it really have compensation policies which are understandable, meaning sometimes simple uh, and transparent to everybody. Everybody should know why he or she earns what they earn. Uh, it, it, it is not necessarily required that the people know the exact salary level of each colleague. Uh, this, is, this is dangerous, by the way. This is dangerous. Because those who earn less, who f or feel that they earn less than they feel that they deserve, they will become unsatisfied, demotivated. But those who earn more uh, than they feel that they deserve, they will not be more happy. Not really. <laughs> so, in total, when you have pay transparency, probability is high that the overall satisfaction level will go down. We know this. Uh, if you want to do something like, like uh, transparency uh, of individual salary, salary level, you, you really have to make sure that also performance level is transparent. 
this is very hard to achieve. <laughs> that's very hard to achieve. But maybe that's doable. Maybe in some areas like sales or so, uh, that might be possible. Another idea is that you take decisions about merit increases or variable pay away from the supervisor. So that refers to or that relates to this point that supervisors who want to act as coach, partner or enabler, they won't judge people. They won't judge people. But if you need a judgment, if you need a judgment about, okay, who are the two high performers in my teams? If you need that judgment, take this judgment away from the supervisor. Who else could do this? Well, there are, there are some alternatives. Uh, I was talking about the compensation committee uh, in an earlier episode. You let others decide. An elected compensation committee, maybe. Yeah. Or you do something like peer evaluation. It's not the supervisor who makes the decision who, who deserves more. It's the team itself. Well, that, that could also be an idea. Uh, we all know that, that peer evaluation and other uh, ideas here also lead to some social dynamic that uh, has some uh, unpredictable effects maybe. But at least these are ideas. Yeah, and there is a, another very golden idea. That's a, that's the that's the killer idea, I would say. <laughs> really, the most important idea, I would I would say. If if you differentiate in your team, if you say, well, okay, we want to keep the level of collaboration high, but also we want that the high performance stay in the team, and they will not reduce the performance. And as a consequence, you say, okay, then the high performance should earn more. Make sure that all the other team members find this acceptable. The team members should feel that these selected high performers deserve more. Otherwise, you're going to kill collaboration. Otherwise, the high performers will, will have some enemies inside the team. And that's something that you don't want, <laughs> as I already said. So make sure that uh, a different treatment is accepted by all the other team members. And let me finish with a, a, a funny, uh, maybe a very smart idea in the end. Now, um, you know, there, there's this, there was once this idea of Pizza Hut, you know, Pizza Hut. Uh, they, they run an initiative since, since decades, I suppose, uh, where uh, pupils um, can get a pizza when they can prove that they have read books. So the pizza is the reward for reading books. Uh, the outcome is terrible. The outcome is really terrible. Uh, uh, the outcome is that the pupils, they, they learn that reading books is work yeah, because like, they get compensated for it. Yeah, that, 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 that's something that I referred earlier. Um, uh, once you get a reward for something, the thing you do turns into work. So these pupils start hating reading books. They read simple books. They start reading uh, short books. Um, they go the easy way. And, and, and uh, some psychologists said that this Book It program, that's the name of this initiative, as the result of this initiative was that you had fat children who hate reading books. But there is an alternative to this. It is psychologically, it's, it's very interesting. If you really want to reward children for reading books, reward them with another book. So <laughs> there is a congruency between the, 
the, the activity and the reward. Rewarding reading books by giving another book. So you might do this also in your, in your organization. And there are various ideas. You might say, okay, you can reward more responsibility by giving more responsibility. So <laughs> you, you let the people do more of what they are already good at. For some people, that's reward enough, right? So think about this. So you see, it's not only an unsolved, fascinating, strategic puzzle here. There are also some ideas how you could how you could solve this problem. Maybe not in a perfect way. Maybe you cannot solve the problem uh, totally. Uh, probably not. But but there are some ideas that might help. So that was the last idea I wanted to share with you about remuneration. That was a very abstract, challenging episode, I think. But for some of you... I guess of, of really high relevance so again thanks for listening and hope we're gonna see us next time bye